I'm really curious. The great crowds were following Jesus. What was the crowd talking about that Jesus all of a sudden turns and addresses them in these bold claims, in these bold realities? Just help us to get into that. What were the crowds talking about that Jesus says, this is what it is, and puts it right out there? Something for us to think about. During my years in seminary, we went on a whole bunch of different retreats. And one of the biggest retreats that we go on is called a 30-day San Ignatius retreat, 30-day silent retreat, to which my mother, to this day, is still impressed that I was able to actually do a 30-day silent retreat. My dad is too. Anyways, during this 30-day silent retreat, you spend four to five holy hours praying with St. Ignatius's exercises, and then you talk to your spiritual director for an hour every single day. You have respite days on 10 days and another 10 days in. So it's an intense, it's intense time of prayer. It took up the entire month of July. During that, one of the exercises is to come to terms of how attached are you to things. And from what I recall, there is the worldly man who is super consumed by his possessions. We've talked about that, right? Do I possess my possessions or do my possessions possess me? So this is a man who's fully, a person who's fully into the world, fully into materialism. So that's number one. Number two is I have things and I'm attached to most of them, but not all of them. And the third one is complete detachment. Complete detachment from my material things. Complete detachment from even so far, St. Ignatius would say, our health. Even detached from our sense of health. Because when we are ill, God is still with us. And so it's what is the Lord asking of me now? So St. Ignatius would even say, as far as our health is concerned, to even be attached from that, in every situation, how can I praise God, is basically what this is. My, one of my classmates in Detroit, he was sharing this grace after we got done with this retreat. And he, <laughs> he realized how attached he is to stuff, right? We realize how attached we are to stuff. And he just goes, just thinking about my car, like just having a car, I'm attached to it. I have to get insurance. I have to do oil changes. I have to get gas. I have to, you know, if an accident happens, I have to take care of that. If this happens, that, this. Like his anxiety and stress level from just owning a vehicle was way up there. And then he went into his other possessions and said, I'm super attached, super attached, super attached. And he just looks at his spiritual director and he actually yells at his spiritual director, it would just be easier if I didn't have it. And his spiritual director was like, do you see the point? Do you see it? You just said it. It would be easier if I didn't have it. What would be easier? Receiving God's love and giving God's love away. I'm not attached, then I'm free to love, to receive love and to give love and not to get caught up in the possessions.
Jesus says that at the very end, right? Jesus says, whoever does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. And it's not even that possessions are necessarily bad inside of themselves. It's God comes first. But that's a little easier to understand. Jesus starts off with the big ones. If you do not hate your father and mother, your wife and children, brothers and sisters, even your own life, you cannot be my disciple. Jesus is the only person, a divine person, that puts this to them about themselves. And it leaves us with the choice. Jesus is who he says he is. We all have faith. But he's first. He's first. That's why the first commandment, right? You shall have no other gods before me. Another way of looking at it, God is love. God is looking out for everyone's ultimate good, which is him in eternity. Them in eternal life with him. He created us. If he's love, that means love wants to be first in your life. Jesus wants to be first in your life. Because once when God's love is first in my life, then I know how to relate to my spouse better. Then I know how to relate to my kids better. Because God's love is first. And we can't give what we don't have. If I haven't received God's love, I can't give God's love. It's like that wedding feast, right? The wedding feast of Cana. The wine runs out. And then new wine is supplied. What's the old wine? What's that wine? That's our human attempt, which only goes so far. And then through the sacraments, we're given the new wine, the Holy Spirit. That's what sustains us. It's better than the old wine. It's God's gift to us. In that first reading to that first reading of wisdom, for the corruptible body burdens the soul, and the earthen shelter weighs down the mind and concerns, and scattered and scattered do we guess the things on earth. What is within our grasp we find with difficulty. What does that mean? It's kind of like high and lofty. Anyone here ever made a like a New Year's resolution? So I had a, how'd it go? No, kidding. I have a buddy who goes to the gym. And while he's at the gym, he's like, I hate January and February because the gyms are just packed. The workout gyms, right? They're just packed because everyone's working on their new, you know, New Year's resolution. And he goes, but until like March, I can go back to the gym because no one's going to be there in March. But those first two months... We're trying to form a new habit of the new year. It's easy in some sense to go work out. You put it in your calendar, you go and do it. But even that we find with difficulty. It's easy 
to get up in the morning. It's easy to go to bed in the morning or in the evening. In the morning? Well, in the morning if you got shifts. It's easy. But sometimes we even find those things difficult. Why do we find them difficult? Because we try to change ourselves when it's God. We need to ask God to change us. In our pride, we take it on. This is mine. This is my goal. This is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to go for it. St. Ignatius would have brothers come to him in the order and say, I don't want to pray. I don't want to go to prayer. I don't want to grow in virtue. And St. Ignatius would say, pray for the grace to desire to want to grow in prayer. Pray for the grace to desire to love your spouse better. Pray for the grace to love your kids better, to love our parents better. Because the old wine runs out, but the new wine is ever-giving in the sacraments, in our prayer life. It's ever-new. It's what sustains us. And so it's to start What is my desire that I want to have in my heart? Lord, place it there. I give you permission. Place it there. Because then when the Lord places it in your heart, then it's not about you. It's about God. And it's not about bettering ourselves, but it's giving praise to God in ourselves. Get how that works. It's crazy. But it's what God wants to do in our lives. And then Jesus, right, to bring it back to what Jesus was saying today. He gets really practical. Who here has ever built a tower? Anyone built a tower? Who here has ever had 10,000 to 20,000 troops that they've been in charge of? Okay, cool. So sort of practical. Nobody. What is he getting at? Who here has run to the store multiple times on a project? Who here is getting ready for deer season? Pheasant season? I'm seeing some blinds go up while I'm driving. I'm getting excited. But what do we do? We get ready for a project. Like, if we're going to town, we get everything we need when we're in town. And we have that list, and go, and we do it, and we come back, and it's a success. If I'm realizing I'm going up against odds that aren't in my favor, then I talk it out and send peace. Send a delegation in front of me to say, hey, I'm having a hard time. Can you pray for me? Right? So Jesus is applying that to our own spiritual life, to our life of prayer, our life of virtue. He's saying, take a step back and say, what desires do I want in my life, in my heart? And ask for them. And then the next practical step, how do I go about that? What resources do I need to pull together in order to be set on this trajectory? But not because I want to be the best version of myself, but because God wants me to be, if that makes sense. 
It's humility to receive that from the Father. It's humility to be able to pursue that. Today we have the great and awesome ability to have a baptism. Who here did not prep before having a child in the world? Nine months of prep time or more. And it's just beginning. (laughs) So says my brother, it's two little ones. It's just beginning. But what we do to love our kids, to bring them into the world, all of that is to prepare for to give love, to receive love. That's what the sacraments are. A giving and receiving of love. In baptism, confirmation, marriage, holy orders, sacraments of holy, it's only sacrament of the sick. It's to receive that love and to give that love. Jesus claims the ultimate today to be first, to be detached from relationships other than his. Because once when we're attached to him, this is the crazier part, he gives everything back in amplitude. Came to give us life in abundance, an abundant life. In our pride, we can hold it on and just go, I'm not going to give it to you, Lord, because you're going to take it away. St. Therese of the Little Flower. This is beautiful, especially since we have a little girl. This is beautiful. St. Therese of the Little Flower says, I'm never going to be able to be a saint. They're so big. They're so monstrous. So it's Therese of the Little Flower, the little way. Her spirituality was a little girl raising her hands to her Heavenly Father, saying, pick me up. Daddy, pick me up. I've fallen. Pick me up. It's the simple. It's the simple. It's allowing Jesus to work in our hearts. Jesus comes to our hearts in the Eucharist. I just invite you as you come forward to fill in that blank. Lord, grant me the desire to X. Grant me the desire to want to want to do X. Let us thank Jesus for our faith, our hope, and our love in him.